Amen. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3. While you're turning there, it's good to have uh, Natalie. Where you at, Natalie? She went off the boot camp, walking down the aisle, prayed through, got the Holy Ghost right here, lived for God, joined Air Force. Just got back from boot camp. We only got it for a few days for the ship back out to California, then to Texas. So good to see you. God bless her. We're going to have her in a good church. Staying faithful to God. Staying faithful to the Lord. Also good to have our very own Sister Tracina Anderson with us today. All the way from Pachuca. Oh, we've got um, Chris. Chris Collins. Where you at, Chris? I saw you dancing all over the altar. There he is. Baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Somebody shout. Every angel in heaven is shouting. I love you, man. Great to have him a part of the sanctuary. Him and his sister. We're just so thankful. Lord, fill them. This power baptized them in his in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Now, this coming Wednesday night service, I know it's already been announced, but just want to make sure you hear it to our online church as well that are watching us online, not able to be with us. Um, this Wednesday night church will be online only. So there'll be no service here in the auditorium, but we will have Wednesday night service online pastor will be ministering the following Sunday which is a week from today we will have our annual launch service we'll be taking communion and um, we won't be doing foot washing for obvious reasons but um, we will be launching vision and just trusting and believing God as we go forward amen amen and as it's already been announced, we will not be having a uh, New Year's Eve service where we are uh, in, in a building. But I'm springing this on my administrators and staff and everybody. I just thought of it sitting there. I know it's dangerous. But anyway, so pastor's going to come online about 1130. We'll send the link out. I'll talk to us for a few minutes. And then even though we'll be in our homes, unless you sneak off somewhere else to go to a, uh, pray the new year in. And by the way, just so that you know, Brother Hattabaw in Cooper City will be having a New Year's Eve service. So if you want to go and be a part of that, please feel free to go and be a part of that. Uh, otherwise, join in with us and we will pray the new year in. Even though we'll all be in our homes, you can invite some families over if you want to, I guess. Eat some wings and then put them down as we pray the new year in. I, I for one, am excited to pray the old year out and the new year in. How about you? Amen. But God has kept us. He has kept us. To my knowledge, as far as, now, there were people who were family of our members 
that have passed from COVID or call you know the the virus but and if I'm wrong you can you can correct me and and I'll certainly uh, correct it uh, next Sunday but I think um, Robel is the only one that we actually lost uh, y'all won't remember Robel probably she it's been years since she's been able to attend she's been in a um, living facility she's the one that came and her son was with her Timothy and was it Down syndrome he had um, came for years and years and years and then eventually he had to go into a home and she was 95 years old and um, my wife would go see her every Friday as she does all of our shut-ins and uh, pre-COVID of course they didn't let her during COVID but pre-COVID and then they, they brought in someone into her room that had COVID. They knew she had COVID. They brought her into her room in the nursing home. And she gets COVID. 95 years old, the Lord takes her home. We had several get the virus from the church, including pastor. But we all made it. We all made it. And we're all here today. Celebrating, worshiping the King of Kings. I think half of us are immune. The rest of y'all can go get the shot if you want to. It wasn't that bad. I don't know, it about took me out actually. <laughs> oh, Lordy, God is good. Can you say amen? Now, before I minister today, I, I do want to say, you know, humans have a tendency to laugh at things that we're afraid of, or things that we don't know how to control, or things that are just out of our control. And so it's a way of releasing, it's a way of staying human, staying connected and having faith. But there's no one in this building that does not understand how serious COVID is. Everyone in this room knows. And we know that it has affected some families dreadfully. Loved ones have been lost. We have prayed on our prayer line in the morning and at noon and in the evening. For people all around the world. Some of our ministers passed away from COVID. Some of our missionaries passed away from COVID, catching the disease and taking them home to be with the Lord. It's very serious. We don't treat it lightly, but we refuse to let fear control our lives. That's the bottom line. We will use wisdom. We will obey the laws of the land. Until they tell me I cannot worship my God, that's when we break the law. We'll have to have jail, we'll have to have prison church. But we are going to worship our God. Amen. But outside of that, whatever they deem to be best for society, we will do our best to follow. Not only for ourselves, but for others. Amen. Amen. 
Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. This would probably be a message to maybe preach on launch service next Sunday. But we've got so many things that are going to be going on. And I was speaking to the Lord. It's been, how long has it been? Two months? I think I preached a Wednesday night on, online. But how long has it been since I've actually preached? Has it been two months? I think it's been right at maybe a month and a couple of weeks. We've had guest preachers and pastor trying to let his body heal. But I'm 100%. I'm 101%. 101. I was 100%. And then my wife gave me a hug this morning and I went up to 101. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach to us today with the best of my ability. And I feel like I have a message for us, a message for us to the Lord and to maybe help us get a little bit of better understanding of the spiritual side of things. We understand the carnal side of the pandemic. We understand that. We know what it does and all of these things. But what about the spiritual side and how do we react to that? What do we do? What is our calling from God, our purpose in the Lord to go forward from this point to reach those that God desires to reach. And so Paul the Apostle deals with something here and uh, by the help of the Lord I want to talk to us uh, this morning concerning it. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, not as though I had already attained Either were already perfect. But I follow after. Everybody say, I, I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press, I press, <laughs> Woo! doesn't sound easy. But it sounds doable. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forth. Under those things which are before. And I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, touch our hearts and our minds today and minister to us. I pray that you would use this vessel as an oracle of God. 
Let your word go forth. Let its power and its glory be seen and known and heard. I pray that we receive thy word into our life and that it will change us. And when we leave here today, we will leave with a fresh vision. We will leave with a fresh determination. And we will understand that there is a calling in our life. That there is absolutely nothing that can stop it if we will press towards the mark. We ask it in the wonderful, powerful name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Say this with me, forgetting those things which are behind. Let's clap our hands to the Lord before we're seated. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore your mighty name. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know that when we read those verses, we have a tendency To think about failures in our life. I guess we fail so many times that every time we read that verse or think of that verse or quote that verse. We have to relate it to maybe sin. Something we've done or maybe something we did not do. The sin of commission but also the sin of omission. And so we find ourselves saying... You know, after we repent, we feel God touches in His glory and we feel like we've been restored to the the kingdom of God and all of those things. And we'll, you know, we'll get up there and say, well, I I forget those things that are behind and I look forward to tomorrow and I press towards the mark. But it wasn't only failures in the life of Paul that he was addressing here. Paul the Apostle, as we will see in Scripture, was also addressing persecution, tribulation, hardship, and difficulties. Paul the Apostle had a revelation. I cannot dwell on my hardships of yesterday if I expect to be able to go forward today. I've got to let some things go so that I can handle what's coming today. You know, the Bible constantly puts you and I in the present. God is always telling us, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't fear tomorrow. It is evil within itself. Don't bring the hardship and the pressures and the difficulties of tomorrow and put them on you today. But the Bible also tells us, don't reach into your past and get a hold of the difficulties of yesterday and pull them up today. Because God wants you and I to understand something. The difficulties of today are enough weight Upon you and I. We do not need to bring yesterday here. And tomorrow here. We need to stay in the presence. And deal with what God has us to do today. Can you say amen? Paul the apostle starts out here. I want to kind of show us a few things if I can. Just a little bit of monitor. Hoping it won't feed back on me. 
trying to spare my voice. Not as though I had already attained, he said. Either were already perfect. Paul was stressing something here that you and I need to get a hold of. He was stressing that all that I have been through, it has not perfected me. I am not perfect. Though I needed every trial, I needed every persecution, I needed every difficult to help me along my way. God used them to help bring perfection into my life. He used them to bring patience into my life. He used them to help me learn how to treat others with love and kindness and how to behave as a Christian. Paul says I needed all of them. I don't cast anything of my yesterdays away. But I recognize something. I am not perfect yet. I have not arrived. Paul realized that if I am still not perfect, then that means there's more trials to come. There's more difficulties to come. There's more persecutions to come. I have not reached perfection. And so Paul the Apostle said, I will not complain about my trials. I will not complain about my difficulties. I will not complain about the persecution because I know God is working in my life. James put it this way. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Before you and I have the right, listen to me, before we have the right to complain about our trials, our persecutions, and our temptations that come into our life, we must first be able to profess that we are in perfect standing with Christ. And if you and I cannot stand here today and say, I am perfect there is no sin or fault or failure or weakness or shortcoming in my life. If we cannot say that, then we must be willing to accept every trial, every persecution, every difficulty, every temptation. And know that God will not put more on you and me than what we can bear. But he will use them all to bring perfection in to our life. Tell your neighbor, God's just trying to get you to heaven. <laughs> you might want to be careful about being one of those that complain about everything. You always got a trial. Talking to all y'all online, everybody in the church is perfect. 
a trial, always having a difficulty, always in a temptation, always in a persecution. Woe is me, everybody hates me, nobody loves me, everything's always wrong with me. Well, stop being so bad and God won't have to work so hard on you. Oh, you didn't like that, did you? Learn to walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And maybe God won't have to put so much on you all the time. All right, that's just pastor. And I've been out for a bit of a while and I got to try to hit you with everything I got. Romans chapter 5, verse number 3. And not only so, but we glory. Listen to Paul the Apostle. We glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. He said, I glory because I know all of these things are perfecting me. I am not here today to complain about 2020. I'm here to tell you today, 2020 made the church stronger than it's ever been. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Listen, things like 2020 will either drive you out of the church or it'll drive you deeper in. We saw people come back to the house of God in 2020. We baptized dozens in 2020. We saw miracles in 2020. Look at the church today, even on a cold Bristol, Florida morning. Uh, here we are worshiping God. We might have on our masks. We might be arms length apart. Uh, but put your arm out, son. That's how that works. We might be orange lens apart, but we're in the house of God. We've come because we love Him. We will not bow. We will not give in. We will not give up. We are the church. And we glory in our tribulation. We glory in our persecution. Everything that we have had to face, everything that we have had to go through in our entire walk with God, whether you've been living for Him for a month or whether you've been living for Him for uh, dozens of years, tens or decades, uh, everything you have faced, everything that you have gone through has made you who you are in God. It has strengthened your prayer life. It has increased your faith. It has strengthened your walk in God and your righteousness in Him. Can I hear an amen? amen? What would actually happen if the church took on this attitude? That I glory in my tribulations. I know that I'm not perfect. Anybody want to agree? Anybody out there not perfect? So those of you that did not raise your hand, I can assume you're ready to die. <laughs> this trial, Paul said, is helping me to become perfect to achieve the calling of God in my life. 
Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose what would happen to complaining and self pity if we truly believe the scripture that everything happening to me is for my good I'm going to tell you I would go from complaining to rejoicing I would go from crying to shouting because I know God is doing good things in my life. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands to the Lord. Defeat that old flesh devil. Come on. Come on. Get engaged with the word. Get engaged with the word. I like the way Paul the apostle put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 17. Stay with me. I'm just laying a foundation. For our light affliction. Somebody say light affliction. Now you need to go read other scriptures from Paul the apostle. Who said I was beaten three times. Forty stripes save one. He said I was in starvations and fastings and shipwrecks and persecutions and all of these things and then to the current church he says for our light affliction which is but a moment worketh for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory my God, I wish we could get a hold of this. If we could view everything that comes against us, everything that works against us, every trial, every persecution, every virus, every disease, everything that happens, what's going on, God? It's a light affliction. It works in me a more exceeding power for eternal life. What a powerful approach to our trials, our persecutions, and our, tri our temptations and tribulations. Light afflictions. Yet some of us act like our trials are the end of the world. What we ought to do is turn that around. My trial is not the end of the world. My trial is getting me ready for eternal life. you study the word of God, you will find out that God never intended you and I to react to the difficulties of life in the way that we do. It was never his intention for us to seek out, uh, seek out pity for our difficulties. <laughs> it was never his intention for us to become chronic complainers. Never his intention for us to waddle and self-pity and have uh, our own little, uh, what do they call them, cry parties. I don't, what? Pity parties. Say that five times. Psalms 34 and 19. I love it. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Many. Somebody shout many. Shout many. 
shout many. I wish I had better news. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver us. God will set us free. God will lift us up. God will strengthen us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now don't get me wrong here. We look at the story of Mary and Lazarus in John eleven thirty two, Mary come where Jesus was, saw him, fell on her at his feet, saying, Lord, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus therefore saw her what? Weeping. And the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, The Lord come and see. And Jesus wept. And Jesus said unto her, said I not, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest, that's, that's your moment to respond, <laughs> loudly. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest, wow, oh, oh. The one set of scriptures I didn't send you. I remember that now. The common verse that everybody knows. Everywhere else in the world but this congregation. The words believe. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest. Thou shouldest see the glory of God. What are you saying, Pastor? Jesus did not rebuke her for weeping. He did not rebuke her for mourning. His rebuke was because she did not believe. What I'm telling you, it's okay to cry. Things hurt us. We're human. We're flesh. We can mourn. We can weep. We can have pain. All these things can happen. They're not sin. But we must Believe in the middle of your pain. You must be believing in the middle of your tears. You must be believing in the middle of your mourning. You must be believing. Oh, I wish I had some help in here. <clears throat> because it is the power of your belief that's going to change the circumstances that have come into your life. The attitude we should have concerning our many afflictions. 2 Corinthians 4 and 8. <clears throat> we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body with the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Paul said, I get hit from every side, but I never get knocked down. I get hit from every side, but I stand and I call on the name of Jesus Christ. He said in that verse, 
not as though I have already obtained, either were already perfect. He said, I follow, watch me, I follow after, if that I may Paul said this, as I struggled for the will of God in my life, as I pursued his purpose in my life, every step I would take, the powers of hell would come against me. Every step I would take, there would be persecution and difficulty, tribulations, and all of these things would come against me. So Paul makes it to some point in his life. And Paul says, now, I want you to understand something. Those things are to perfect me. But I want you to understand something else. I am not perfect yet. Therefore, I understand there's more to come. That's not the end. There's more to come. Listen, I love the resolution in the spirit of Paul, the apostle. He tells us, I have forgotten I put aside, I shoved back those things of yesterday. I pushed them away, but I don't stop where I'm at. I continue to press forward to the things that God has called me to do, knowing that as I press forward, there will be more trials, more difficulties, more sickness, more persecution more tribulation but I'm not going to let that stop me I'm not going to let that hold me back I'm not going to let that tie me down I've got a goal I've got a focus I've got to reach the purpose of God in my life oh come on somebody hallelujah I got to reach that purpose. He said, I may forget about those things of yesterday, but I will continue to pursue what God has for me. Paul, knowing that there are many more afflictions to come, he said, I will follow after. And Paul, the apostle, had such a desire to achieve the will and purpose of God in his life that he said, I count those things of light afflictions. When I look at everything that the devil has thrown in me, everything the world has thrown in me, everything that my brother and sister have thrown at me, they are all but light afflictions when my eyes are focused on the divine purpose and will of God in my life. Amen. Paul also understood that the only way he would apprehend the things of God is if he would follow after them. He also understood that there was no shortcut 
No shortcuts. No matter how curvy or winding the road may be that God leads you on, there are no shortcuts. He says in Corinthians 12 and 7, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that was given unto me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, the buffet, lest I should exalt above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, most gladly, therefore, most gladly, therefore, most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distress. For Christ's sake, when I am weak, then I am strong. Oh my God, I wish you'd get a hold of this. Because I'm telling you, it'll turn your thinking around. It'll turn your whole life around. You know, <clears throat> people will come up to us <laughs> and they'll say, how's everything going? And you know how it is. We take the, the uh, self-pity high road. Oh, everything's fine. As we slowly let a tear come down our eyes. I'm okay. It's all right. Because we've been taught. When people ask you, don't pour out on them all of your complaints and woes and sorrows. Because they got their own wagon. If you'd have just looked around their shoulder, they're pulling their own little red wagon. They've had it ever since they were a child. Carrying all the pains of life with them. So what should be our response? Paul gave it to you. How you doing today? I'm taking pleasure in the glory of God. What do you mean by that? I'm taking pleasure in the glory of God. Because everything that I'm going through, it's the glory of God that is upon me. Everything that I face, it is the glory of God that is upon me. Paul was saying that once I get over myself and my self-pity, I can continue to pursue that which I was called to do and that which Christ apprehended me for. Can I go a little longer? All right, you're going to stay with me? Because I'm getting tired. I know you must be tired. He said, for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He said, I want to follow after and I want to apprehend that purpose in which Christ apprehended me for. What a revelation. Paul understood that God called him for a reason. 
it wasn't just to come and sit and worship and be fed and go home and live a normal life. And that's not a rebuke. I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful you're faithful. All of those things. But I am here to tell you and I that when God filled you with his spirit, he put a divine calling in your life and a purpose. What are you pursuing, Paul? What are you after? Are you after social status? Paul said no. If I wanted social status, I could have stayed at the feet of Gamia. I could have been not only a Pharisee, I could have been on the Sanhedrin court. If I wanted prestige, I could have remained with the Pharisees and amongst the religious. He said, no, I'm not pursuing social status. Are you pursuing wealth? Are you kidding me? I'm a tent maker, he said. Are you pursuing education? No, I already had all of that, and I counted as dung. It means nothing to me all those things I had he said I count them all as done what are you pursuing Paul what are you trying to apprehend I am trying to find out why did God call me why did he smoke me off that horse and bring me to a place a street called straight and send Ananias to pray for me and say, Paul, you're going to suffer many things for my name's sake, but I got a purpose for you. I got a calling in your life. Paul was so eaten up with finding out the purpose and fulfilling the will of God in his life that all afflictions were light, all persecutions. He just brushed them off his shoulders, his ship his beatings on his back his starvations all the things that happened to him he just brushed them off why I'm focused I gotta know what it is Christ apprehended me I gotta know why he called me I gotta fulfill that purpose I gotta keep going no matter what happens I've gotta go we say but we say God Deliver this for me. And God said, no, no, Paul, I'm not going to take that from you. I gave that to you because you need that in order to fulfill my divine purpose and calling in your life. God, take this out of my life. Oh, Lord, remove this from me. Don't you understand that God has you on the path that everything you see, everything you face, everything you go through, God has it there because it's the only way you will ever fulfill the call and purpose that he apprehended you for. Stop running from your trials. Stop running from your persecutions. Stop hiding in the corner. Let the glory of God shine through you. Let the power of God shine through you. Paul said all these things work together for the good. <laughs> what must it be like? I'm going to try to bring this closer. I'm not near done, but I forgot how long I preach. It's been a while. What, what must the experience be? To know that you have arrived. That you have 
fulfilled the purpose and calling of God in your life. What must that be in you? I try to find something that might be close and I found maybe something that can kind of do. Luke chapter 2, verse 25, I think I gave that to you. <clears throat> and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation, consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he would not see death. Here it is. Before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We don't know how old he was, but we assume that he was elder in age. And he came by the Spirit. The Lord touched him. You know, I used to think Simon was the high priest or one of the priests of the temple. But he's just a man. He's just a man. That one day years earlier in his life, the Lord spoke to him and said, You will not die. Until you see the Lord's Christ. And I don't know what Simon was doing that day. He might have been shopping for those nice navel oranges in the market. He could have been out mowing the grass with his sickle. I'm, they don't have a lot of grass there. But, but the Bible says... In verse number 27, that whatever he was doing, the same spirit that came to him and said, you will not die until you see the Lord's Christ. That same spirit came to him. And the word says, and he came by the spirit unto the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. <laughs> he wasn't the priest. He's just a guy that came off the street that the Holy Ghost led him into the temple. And the word of the Lord says, when Joseph walked in and had Jesus in his arms, Simon runs up to him and grabs the baby out of his arms. Now that must have been a sight. Grabbed that child. Took him up in his arms. And he blessed God. And he said. Lord now let thy servant depart in peace. According to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Wait a minute. This is the part that gets me. Whoa dude. So you see, and now you want to die. <laughs> Was life really that bad? Did you really suffer that much? Oh yeah, because they were under the Roman Empire rule. 
Oh, he did suffer. He suffered for just simply being a Jew. Things he could and could not do. Things he would like to be able to provide for his family, but he could not. All of his entire life, he had to suffer tribulation, persecution. And it was so bad that the moment he saw the child, he said, can I die now? Can, can I die now? I fulfilled your purpose. I fulfilled for what you apprehended me for. I came a stranger, not a high priest, not someone famous, not some prophet, not some seer or sayer. Just a man off the street. I walk in because you led me. You, you called me. You apprehended me for this purpose. You put it in my life. And I grabbed that baby child out of the arms of its dad or mom. I grabbed that child. I lift him up before you. And I proclaim to you and the world and that mother and that father that in my hands is the Savior of the world. Savior of the world. What was the purpose of that? The Bible tells us. Mary took those few little words and she tucked them in her heart and she never forgot them. God led that man who God only knows how horrible and all the things that he had to suffer. No doubt his spouse was gone, children grown and gone because he didn't hesitate to be ready to leave. It, it was like he had no more responsibilities upon this earth at all. All had left or forsaken. I don't know. But there God brought him all the way through so that at the end of his days he could do one single thing that he could put a purpose in the heart of a mother that would walk with her child for the years of his life and when the time came she would stand before people and say do whatsoever he said he is the Messiah and the Savior of the world I guess what I'm trying to say right now in closing and I got so much more but music if you'll come I guess what I'm trying to say is do not belittle what God has called you for don't, don't let the devil or anybody else tell you that you are insignificant and that there's no great calling in your life and the other thing is this I don't know how long it's going to take but if it takes all of your life and the day before you die you're able to fulfill the apprehension of Christ you're able to fulfill the calling and the purpose of God in your life if it happens the day before you die you will die the most complete fulfilled happy person on the planet of the earth because there's nothing like reaching the call of God I close with this Paul 
Paul the Apostle says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his I wish we had more time. Let's stand, if you will. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know what your call is. You know, every day they would see that man. He's just a common man. He just provided for us his wife, his children. He worked his daily job. He just kept busy. Never knowing. I wonder if he got up in the mornings saying, I wonder today. I wonder if it's today. That the Christ will come. Lord, today would be a good day for me to die. Do you think the Christ could come? I don't know what all he had to go through, what all he had to face. But it couldn't have been easy. But this I do know. He stayed ready. stayed ready because the moment the spirit spoke no matter where he was no matter what he was doing the Bible says the spirit drew him to the temple today Simon today today I want you to go to the temple <laughs> what must it be like to know you have fulfilled the purpose of God in your life? This much I do know. We will never know what that feels like if we don't stay ready. We will never experience that if we're not willing to let go of yesterday's pains. If we're not willing to let go of what everyone did to us and said to us, mistreated us, cheated us, lied about us and did us wrong. If you're not willing to forget those things, leave them behind. Paul said, those things I forget so that I might press on. I'm not perfected. I have not arrived. I cannot hold on to the weight of yesterday's pains if I'm going to face tomorrow's trials. 
And the only way I'm going to get through is if I'm willing to let go and press on. I don't know what the call is, but I do know you're called. Jesus apprehended you. He said, you have not chosen me. I chose you. Oh, oh, oh. Can you feel that? Can you feel that call of God on your life right now? Can you feel the Holy Ghost speaking to you saying, come, 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 Simon. Come into the temple. Come, Simon. Come into the temple. I have a purpose for you. I have a calling for you. I have chosen you. Paul said, I will persevere. I will press. I will push. I will continue. Jesus. Jesus. Every mind on the Lord right now. Come on where you're at. Every mind on God. Come on. Come on. No matter who you are. Every mind on God. Come on. He breathed the breath of life in you. He has a purpose for you. He has a calling for you. Don't let that go. Don't let it fall by the wayside. Don't let it be swallowed in the pains of yesterday. Don't let it be overcome in the trials of tomorrow. Stay focused. Stay focused. I must apprehend. I must apprehend. I must apprehend that which I have been apprehended for. I must obtain that which I have been called to do. I wonder if you'd lift your hands wherever you are right now. Would you give yourself to God right now? Would you let go of the pains of yesterday? And would we recommit ourselves to be willing to press? Press! Press! Press towards the mark. Push. Push in your prayer life. Push in your study time. Push. Come on, somebody. Push in your relationship with God. Push in the direction that He's called you. Push in that Bible study. Push in those acts of kindness. Push in praying for your family and the lost. stand before you today 
we stand before you today. Oh, God. We open our hearts to you. We open up ourselves to you right now. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, but the Bible talked about today, the Holy Ghost was upon him. The Holy Ghost called him. If you've never been filled with the Spirit of God, all you've got to do is lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and begin to call on God. And he will touch you with his Spirit. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a reason for you. Give your life to Him. Give your life to Him. Oh God, Lord, we recommit ourselves in 2021. God, this year that's coming upon us, we're going to forget those things which are behind and we're going to press towards the mark. We're going to forget the things of 2020, God. We're going to let them go. We're going to push them back. And we're going to press towards the mark, the high calling. We're going to push towards that calling that's in our life. I wish somebody would renew themselves right now. Come on, recommit yourself. Renew yourself to the Lord. Come on, those of you that are watching online, renew yourself to the Lord. Let's renew ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I must press. I must press. I must press. I must press towards the mark. I gotta push. 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 